0: You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Nick Farabai, right for Pittsburgh Sports Now, work at ACC Network, and I call games at WPTS Radio, folks. Big time win for Pitt on Saturday over the Hokies, 28-7. What are the implications of the victory, and what can we take away from that victory that showcases what Pitt could do in the future as they get ready for Clemson this Saturday? All that and more coming up on Locked on Pitt. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit Podcast. Thank you as always for making the Locked on Pit Podcast your first listen. Make sure to listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And folks, how about it? Pit goes into Lane Stadium, which has been the bane of their existence. Really, anytime they played Virginia Tech in a consistent series, and they do it in dominating, convincing Fashion, even this was a game that really never fell out of Pitt's control, even when it was seven to nothing at the end of the first quarter. This really felt like one that Pitt had in their grasp, and that's something that, when if you know anything about how Pitt plays when they go to Lane Stadium, it just is not the same, right? Pitt is a team man that comes overall into Lane Stadium and often lays an egg, but they get a huge win. And not only do they do that, they now get ranked number 23 overall in the AP poll and in the coaches pool for that matter. Pitt is going places that <laughs> we have not seen Pitt go for a long, long time. And that's a beautiful thing because Pitt now has perfectly set up their schedule to where they legitimately could go 10-2. Heck, there's even a very real chance, again, I'm not going to predict it, that they could go 11-1. And And that's the thing. What are the implications of the win? Because, yes, they are absolutely good to go in the future. As they continue to move along throughout the process, this is a team that's going to mature. This is a team that's going to improve. This is a team that is already starting to do that process. You can see them starting to improve at a high level already. This is a team, man, that's good right now, but they could be even better. And that's the thing. Even when you have a team like Pitt that's now ranked, you have so many areas of improvement still. You know, we saw the offense be a little bit more, let's say, human, if you will, this game. They were certainly not dominant in any fashion. Well, in unconvincing fashions, but certainly not through the air, not their conventional fashion, you know? For example, I mean, they only had 2.79 total offensive EPA, only .3 EPA per play. It's not great. It's not bad, but it's not what they've been doing. But when you can get positive EPA per play on the ground, you're going to be a really good team. But overall, what's the implications of this game? The Coastal is now in their hands. They have an 88% chance to win the Coastal. Yeah, that's right. 88% chance to win the ACC Coastal. That's the type of stuff we're talking about here when we're talking about this is Pitt. Pitt's here. Pitt has a very real opportunity To take this thing and take it to Charlotte and get an ACC title win. Because now they essentially have a two-game buffer over every team. You know, Virginia's starting to look good. Brennan Armstrong and, and that crew, they took it to Duke this week. Georgia Tech, cool. They look fine. No one else really looks all that great. You know, UNC fought with Miami hard. Every, you know, Virginia Tech didn't look good, that's for sure. If They have a two-game buffer over everyone now in that division. Miami's kind of in the depths. You don't know what's going to happen in the Coastal, but the biggest thing is, and the biggest implication of this is, Pitt has things in their sight they haven't had in a while. The Coastal title, yes. Folks, it's not about the Coastal title anymore as much. Now... ACC title. The Atlantic is wide open. Wide open. Clemson next week. They can, they're can. they going to be favored against Clemson. They are favored right now. The line was negative three the last time I checked on betonline.ag. Clemson. Yeah, that's right. Clemson. This team has a real opportunity to do special things and win an ACC title. And go to a New Year's Six Bowl. That's the type of things we're talking about here. It can be a huge boost for the program. You know, there's outside things that they have chances for, you know, that I'm not even going to really talk about. And then what are those outside things? Those are obviously, well, playoff, stuff like that. You know, that's a conversation for a very windy, long-traveled road that we have not reached yet. There is no need to have that combo yet but you have a complete team now that can win multiple ways. It's a team that's playing as best as they have under Pat Narduzzi quite honestly ever. It's a team that is just playing better and better each week, convincingly going to two ACC rival schools and beating them convincingly by 21 plus points. Impressive stuff from both Pitt's coaching staff, Pitt's offense, and Pitt's defense. Really. And the implication of this is that this doesn't look like it's going to stop. Because, again, they could – Clemson's a tough matchup. And we'll talk about Clemson this week. And Clemson's not going to be an easy game. But neither is UNC, neither is going to be Virginia. Yeah, they still have some tough matchups down. But, listen, the national tension's now on. Everyone's saying, Kirk Herbstreit just said Pitt is the best team in the ACC. And the implications of that are huge. Pitt's going to have more pressure. How can they respond with that? How can Pat Narduzzi get his team going? That's all going to be questions. But the implications of this are huge, and they look great. Straight up, they looked great in this game. And that was the biggest thing overall. Pitt is in the driver's seat for the Coastal. It feels good. It has to feel good. And they have a two-game buffer over everyone, and they have a really good chance. I think they have, I can't remember a better chance they've had at winning the ACC since they joined it. This is a very, very real chance to win the ACC for Pitt. It's a great thing to see. All right, folks, I do want to talk about those modes, though, why Pitt is becoming such a dangerous team. But first, allow me to tell you about Prize Picks. Folks, Prize Picks is Daily Fantasy Made Easy, because I know you will love this, because I love it too. Prize Picks is the leader in college sports, Daily Fantasy. They offer more props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid manager players you may have not even heard of. So prize picks offers any prop you can think of, from yards to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. So folks, all you have to do is use our promo code Locked On, and you will receive a one hundred percent instant deposit matchup to one hundred dollars. Again, that's the promo code Locked On. You can pick two to five players and over under in the projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry, and it's just you versus those projected numbers. And you can do cross sport entries as well if you wish. So folks, don't hesitate. Check out PrizePix.com and use the promo code Locked On or get. Go, go to the app store and download the app today. Prospects is daily fantasy made easy. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit podcast. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every single day. And folks... Let's talk about why Pitt might be even more dangerous than they were before and why this game showcased a different side of Pitt. We haven't really seen, you know, we talked about the coastal implications. Now they have a two-game lead de facto, the playoff discussion, the big game against Clemson, you know, there's all these discussions surrounding the big discussion around Pitt fans should be, here's how they, how do they win? You know, because everything about... The games that people talk about is, oh, there's minutia that people go into, right? You know, they they dive in, oh, how did Kenny play? How did Izzy play? How did the defense play? How, How did all these guys play? The biggest thing, though, how did, at the fundamental level, did Pitt win this football game? It wasn't through the passing offense. It was a very windy day. It was a very... It was a day where Pitt didn't really have to get their footing because they never could. Because their strength is the passing game. And there's a few things. One, Virginia Tech has a really good passing offense. Or defense, rather. A really good passing defense. Jermaine Waller, Shamari Connor, Armada, Chapman, Dorian Strong. All those guys were playing really well. Really well. They're one of the best secondaries in the ACC. In my opinion, probably the second best they'll face this year behind Clemson. If not the best. You know, Andrew Booth is great, but maybe as a collective, Virginia Tech is up there. Man, Virginia Tech is a really good secondary, okay? And Pitt did something that they needed to do. They didn't turn the ball over. Coming into the game, Virginia Tech led the ACC in defensive touchdowns and led the ACC in interceptions. We saw none of those. That was the big thing, right? No sloppy play. It was solid. But the biggest thing is they won when their strength wasn't their strength. The passing offense was pretty dismal. I mean, it it was passable, but this was nothing like we had seen before, right? This was nothing. 5.39 yards per play. There were a few big plays, Jared Wayne made a few really key catches, he stepped up. And that's also another thing. Can you have that guy step up outside of Jordan Addison when Jordan Addison's not going? Jordan Addison had a solid game, not a spectacular game, a solid one. And they had Jared Wayne step up and make the big plays. Wayne had six receptions, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Six targets, cut all six of them, including that great catch, obviously, over Jermaine Waller, and then the touchdown on the wheel route for the touchdown as well. Pitt, though, 208 yards on the ground, only seven points given up, only 224 yards allowed, folks. That is what you call winning methodically. And that's the thing. Pitt now has different modes of victory. They have the explosiveness and the the overabundance of explosive plays that we saw against, for example, Tennessee, Georgia Tech. They have that explosive element to them where Kenny can take over the game and the receivers and Jordan Addison, and these guys are just unstoppable. But now, but now you saw a different mode. When Kenny Pickett might not be playing his best game, he had by no means a terrible game. But he wasn't as sharp. The receivers were a little bit sick. The wind was a huge factor. So the running game stepped up. 44 rushes for 208 yards and two touchdowns for this Pitt running game, including Izzy Canada with 21 carries for 140 yards. Yeah. Izzy Canada breaking out. Obviously, the big 11... Minute drive there in the fourth quarter, just a chew clock. But they were running the football well throughout the game. Throughout the game, they were moving the ball well, getting short yardage. They had a few key third and longs where they pulled it out as a tendency breaker. A lot of few gutsy play calls at that, like really gutsy play calls from Mark Whipple, and they worked. Not that they were great tendency breakers from Pitt. You know they don't do that. Pitt has never run on third and long, especially running off-tackle on third and long. It was complete tendency breaker. If you're Virginia Tech, you did not expect that. And They came and they attacked. And that's the thing. You know, clearly coming into the game, pitch started and they wanted to throw the ball. That was the plan. They came in. Kenny was dialing it up. He never really got a hold of it, though. And quickly, Mark Whipple adjusted and said, okay, we're going to run the football. And they ran really well. And that was the mode. And then you also had the defense. You get a T turnover with the Eric Hallett pick. That's great. You also get seven off that. That's great. The red zone offense was great. Every single time they went there, I think except the last one, um, on the 11-minute drive, (laughs) rather, um, they didn't score. Um, But they scored on every single other trip. Uh, All the key trips. You know, early on, Pitt's third down offense wasn't very good. They got into a lot of third and longs. So they started to run the football in the early downs, get that going, and then the defense was picking them up very well. And that's the thing. Now Pitt's dangerous because they have modes. They have modes to win. They can win with dominant defense and a good rushing attack. They can win with explosive passing plays if the defense is down. So they can the units can pick each other up. And that's a huge thing because not a lot of teams can do that. Not a lot of teams can have, oh, the offense is maybe not playing, you know, as a superstar unit. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. They can do it on the ground, though. The offensive line's improving up front, so they'll beat you on the ground, and the defense will hold you. The defense struggling a little bit? Okay. The offense will pick you up. And then, the biggest thing, the biggest thing for Pitt's offense is they taking taken the next step. Because it was okay. They were explosive. They were unstoppable. Well, how stoppable are they? Are they able to turn things on and off? And by that, I mean... Can they decide when they want to be explosive? Can they decide when they want to be methodical and shoot clock? Yeah, now they can. That's scary. That makes them truly dangerous because they have different modes of victory. That's what makes Pitt such a dangerous team right now. That's why they're in the top 25. They've shown they don't just have one trick pony. They are a dynamic team that can win in multiple different ways, and they won in a way they have not won this year against Virginia Tech. Strong defense, a strong rushing attack. You did not think that was going to be the way that they won this game. You thought it was going to be off of Kenny Pickett's arm. It was not as much off his arm this game. The rushing attack and the defense really stepping up big time for Pitt. All right, folks. I do, though, want to really talk about what does Pitt have to do defensively to continue to grow as a unit as they try to find their footing in the ACC, as Clemson will come to town. But first, folks, I need to let you know about Built Bar. Folks, Built Bar has nine delicious flavors and they're all healthy too. They have coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Little bit for everyone, and if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of those nine flavors. And yes, they are healthy as well only 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, only five four or five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs so they're all tasty and folks they are all healthy as well so here's the offer go to builtbar.com and use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order use the promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com all right folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast man the defense The story of the game, if it wasn't the rushing attack, was the defense. The defense having a huge game, seven points allowed. I get it, man. Virginia Tech was brutal. They were brutal. I mean, just awful to a degree, to be quite honest with you. But they weren't brutal to the point of, oh, man, we are thinking seven points allowed by Pitt? I mean, I thought they were going to allow at least 20. No. Pitt came in and looked dominant on both phases. The running game was great until real late there. They had them at like 40 yards. At one point, they had them at 20 carries for 38 yards. That's how that was going for Pitt. Complete dominance up front. They knew what they had to do. Braxton Burmeister never got anything going. And what happens? They absolutely have a phenomenal game. But okay, you knew Braxton Burmeister really wasn't that good. They kept him in the pocket, though, which was good. He didn't get much running room. He didn't do much on the ground. He only had nine carries for 19 yards. Good job by the pit defense. They were swarming. Servacio Denise had a few big hits in the passing game. They only allowed really one big catch to Trey Turner. Uh, Tavian Robinson had a few big plays, and they also uh, got got a few um, but defensive pass interferences, which is, it is what it is. I mean, they were really grabby. And Marquez Williams got away with a few of them, um, I think, that were not called on Saturday. But where do they go from here? Because the run defense played well. That's to be expected. The run defense is probably the strength of this defense, period. The front seven played well. They did play well. And they're going to continue to play well. I think the question is, from here, Okay, your secondary has their best game against a quality opponent of the year. Hallett plays his best game. Hill is out. Your outside corners play pretty well. So what's the next step? The real question is, how legit is this team? How, how legit is the defense, right? You know, are they... That, that Western Michigan game still looms large, but we didn't see much RPO stuff yesterday. We didn't see it a lot. That was the biggest thing. There was not a lot of RPO stuff. And why? Pitt took it away. Pitt has done the adjustment that they have with their linebackers. The linebackers, they're doing a thing called roboting, which is just roll over back over the top. So they'll play the run first. They'll play downhill still. So they still have the downhill mentality, but they'll just roll back. Roll back real quick, get into those throwing lanes over the middle of the field, not let those glance routes get open, get those slants get open. The open the middle of the field's no longer wide open. You can't just throw the ball there. The linebackers aren't cheating as hard anymore downhill. And that's really key for this team. But also the secondary is playing better. But maintaining that ability, that that ability to be disciplined in the middle of the field, especially with your linebackers and your keys. With your eyes at the second level, is huge for Pitt. That'll prove if they're legitimate. Also, you hope Hallett continues to build on this. He's had a few rough weeks, but he really played well in this game. Two pass breakups, a pick, few key tackles in the open field. This was his best game of the season. Eric Hallett played really well. Brandon Hill made a few really nice plays. It really was a good game. A.J. Woods had a great pass break where he exploded through Caleb Smith's back. I mean, they made a few really nice plays today in this game. When you just watch back on it, and I watched a little bit back on that today, um, you look at overall what the defense was doing. They were getting good pressure. A lot of the recovered sacks, though, I mean, everything. When you just look at that defense, it was complete. It was a complete performance. So when you go from that to, okay, what makes this legit now, well, what you need to do from that point on is what was the things that were issues in this game. They tackled pretty well. They did. But when you looked overall at the biggest issue, I thought was the grabbiness, but that's more of a scheme-related thing because, again, you're in quarters. You're going to be essentially in man covers the whole time. What are you going to do if you don't think you can stop the guy? You're going to grab him. Take the fifteen yard penalty. You'd rather give that up than the 50-yard completion. But I think that the bigger thing is for Pitt, and this is something that I think can be exploitable. When they do those things with those linebackers, when they move a guy like John Patrician out to the slot and teams are going to want to exploit that, how do you overcome it? Is it with blitzes? Is it with disguising things? How do you overcome that more? Because you aren't exactly going to be just, oh, happy doodle dandy going with the same scheme for the rest of the year. It, you know, it's not like, yeah, you make the adjustment to the RPO and, oh, boop, it's fixed. Yeah, it is fixed to a degree, but you think teams aren't going to make an adjustment to the adjustment? Football's a chess game. So what do they have to do? You you have to maintain the discipline play first of all, but you also need to make sure that there's not mismatches. Rolling, you know, guys like Brighton, Patricia, out to the slot a lot. When on those three by one sets that can be dangerous it really can be dangerous for them because that allows you to a lot of things out of the slot get them on linebackers and if they don't have any help to the inside there's no one to funnel to so the question is maybe you do a little single high coverage that's possible i think you know maybe you do get a little bit of that maybe you disguise some things because you just can't live in quarters and Dudes and has said that before you can't live in quarters the whole time so maybe you mix some things in. We saw a little bit of that yesterday, and I thought it was really nice. So I think the biggest thing of where does this defense go from here, there's a few things. One, making sure nothing relapses. Two, schematically, what can they do? Blitzes, I think, being exotic with their blitzes from the slot with Patrician, with those cross dog blitzes just mixing up looks. And I also think here and there, you know, it, you're going to stick in in base quarters a lot. But here or there, make sure you mix In the ability to run maybe a cover one, give your guys some help. If you know, oh, that guy's going to be on an island and we don't like that matchup, give him some help because you don't have help in this system. So make sure to give your guys help. Put them in good positions to win. I thought they did a great job of that against Virginia Tech. But again, in order to know if they're legitimate, you need to make sure the missed tackles don't creep back, the overbiting by the linebacking core, and more importantly, the eye discipline of the secondary all that stuff the small details and then the big details schematically have to improve all right folks tomorrow we're going to talk about that emergence of Israel Bandicanda, how that running back rotation should work out and what they can do and more so as always thank you for making Locked On Pitt your first listen every day but now don't forget to make Locked On ACC your second listen Get all of your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes with ACC expert Candice Cooper. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, folks, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.